Welcome back to the Closeted Weeb Anime Podcast, the only coast-to-coast anime podcast that we know of. We are your host. My name is Lee. And I'm Bryce. Uh, First and foremost, I kind of want to thank the audience for the awesome feedback we've got. We've really tried to implement some of the changes and recommendations you provided. So to start off, we kind of have a new, more formalized structure to the episode. So we're going to start off doing something called like This Week in Anime. So we'll talk about some of the shows that really catch our eye, uh, maybe some new movies that are coming out. And then each week, we're going to have a topic of the week. And so for this topic of the week, we're going to have basically draft our favorite Shonen Jump top five uh, comics that were converted into anime. Um, And then after that, we're going to do something called a weekly rant where we just something's really bothering us in the anime community, and we're just going to go off. So I'm going to go off on this TV show called Dorara, which some love. I have a little bit of a different opinion. Um, and Lee is going to talk about fan service. So let's do it. Um, so first topic, uh, this week in anime. So the most popular show probably in fall 2020 is Jujutsu Kaisen which is the third aspect of Shonen's new big three, whether it was My Hero Academia, Black Clover, and now Jujutsu Kaisen. Now, there are a lot of similarities between it and Bleach. Um, the main character is Itadori, and the Bleach's main character is Ichigo. So, I mean, minor similarities in the name, I guess. Um, both are orange-haired protagonists, both, like, wield a blade. Um, both essentially are humans, but become more powerful. Um, in Jujutsu Kaisen, it's because of the cursed object power. Um, and then he becomes like half of like this like cursed of a curse. And then Ichigo essentially becomes like half of a hollow. And that's what makes him more powerful. Um, Lee, I wanted to hear your thoughts. I know you just got exposed to the show. Now I'm a little bit further in. So I've seen the first, I believe, four episodes. But Lee, I want to hear your like initial thoughts. And what do you think about it? Absolutely. Yeah, I saw as well. This definitely seems to be the most popular um, fall 2020 anime, uh, at least from the kind of polls that I've seen. Um, honestly, you know, I'm not the biggest shonen guy, but I am enjoying it. They keep up a good pace. They had a good intro episode. And you already brought this it parallels to Bleach. Um, again, it's an addition to the exorcist genre of anime. Um, I really love Norigami. Um, which is a little bit more on the God side of things with Japanese culture. But I've been really enjoying the show. Um, I think it's kind of silly enough that like it's very fun. Uh, some of the names are goofy. Like uh, the girl's last name is uh, Kugisaki. And Kugi just means nail, which is like her weapon of choice. So, um, and apparently people get unhappy if you compare her to Sakura, as I found out on Twitter. <laughs> Um, but no, I'm, I'm really excited to see that where this one goes. Uh, it definitely seems like it's, you know, there's every, every season there's the, oh, this is one of the new top threes, um, since everyone wants to compare things to, you know, the top three shown in. So, but that, that was kind of my impression. Um, moving on from that, I tried to give Noblesse a chance. You had mentioned it in the last episode and, you know, I had watched Tower of God based on your recommendation and to be honest with you, I couldn't finish the first episode. I got five minutes in. Um, I, I didn't even want to try. It is just too generic looking. I, I was so immediately disinterested. Um, it, you know, it was showing off military stuff, but it's trying not to be like a you know military show. Um, and, and I personally have had difficulties getting into some of these webtoons turned anime because I just don't get very invested in their world. Um, that being said, Bryce, you are the one of us who actually reads 
manga and webtoons. So, you know, I want to hear kind of your take on it um, since you actually have a little bit more investment in this series. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, obviously, I read the whole webtoon. Um, it's tough because basically they it's kind of like watching a 24-episode anime and they've just finished, like, the ultimate fight and the introduction where all the characters have had this, like, bonding experience and have, like, gotten to know each other and you've learned a little bit about the world, like, and also been introduced to the main villain, which they just completely skipped for, like, the entire series, which was really interesting. And they basically skipped all of that, all the climax, like, all the introduction of the different powers and abilities and the world structure, and they just went straight into, like, kind of, like, the rest period of, like, relaxation before, like, the next conflict. Um... So I think obviously when you start a show like that, for and they also mentioned a bunch of characters that no one would know unless they read the webtoon and they didn't really explain who they were, um, which was really frustrating. Um, but yeah, I mean, even generally, yeah, the animation's super general looking, which isn't at all appealing. Um, I'm not sure I'm even going to be able to finish the series, to be brutally honest. Like at this point, I'm just like hopeful it could be like okay, I guess. But like the fact that you've skipped essentially like 80 chapters and just started in like the middle of nowhere essentially like a dry spell period it would be like in naruto like after the whole uh naruto gara like tunis exam whole experience and they're kind of just like this like sort of like this waiting period like filler aspect but they've started the show with like the filler aspect um so that's such a super tough starting point um so yeah definitely disappointed in that um but going to a show i am more excited about and am more interested in is I was scrolling through Funimation and I found this show called Talentless Nana. And, you know, um, obviously, like, one of the characters looks like a, a green-haired guy, like, looks kind of like My Hero Academia, and you're like, oh, it's one of these kind of, like, super-powered sort of worlds. And I've dived a few episodes into it, but obviously there's a little bit of a kind of hook in the end that gets you excited. And I texted Lee, and I was like, man, this is, like, Future Diary, dude. You should totally check this out. Um, but, Lee, I want to hear your thoughts. I know you're also got a guy who like you're five minutes in you're like oh my god I don't want to watch this I'm gonna tear this to shreds um what did you think <laughs> absolutely so I after giving up I'm no please I was like well I've got to watch something else this season and you had mentioned talentless Nana and so I was like all right I'll give that a try and you're exactly spot on I was ready to rip it a new one I was like this is just a My Hero Academia clone with a slightly different take green-haired guy pink hair, you know, a pink color palette, love interest girl, a rival dude with an obnoxious personality who has fire powers. And as I was taking notes on it, I just wrote out, I take it back. The ending of the first episode has a great hook. Um, and again, it's, you know, very much, like you said, you gave me future diary vibes, uh, which we both are fans of. And honestly, as you get further into it, I'm picking up some real Death Note vibes, which uh, I I'm definitely enjoying. I actually, before we started recording this, just watched the fourth episode. Um, and definitely something I'm going to enjoy watching, even if it's not a show that I'm going to remember in the long term as a classic or anything. Uh, I'm definitely going to enjoy uh, keeping up with it. So um that is our anime of the uh, our, sorry this week in anime, and now we are moving on to our topic of the week, the Shonen Jump Draft. So, for any of our viewers who are, I guess, listeners uh, who aren't as familiar with uh, Shonen and Shonen Jump, uh, Shonen Jump was a weekly manga publication uh, that's probably one of the most popular uh, around the world. And uh, my guess that the diffusion of the term shonen anime stems from Shonen Jump itself. Now, shonen in Japanese just means young boy. You'll hear All Might call uh, uh, Deku or Midoriya shonen. Um, and, and ultimately, that's just because that was their target audience, was younger boys. Um, 
and weekly publications like Shonen Jump um, are really, really help um, bring new shows to the forefront. Uh, a lot of shows have their start in these weekly publications. Um, that being said, there can be some negative effects on the creators of the shows we love. So if you've ever seen a show that didn't take a satisfying direction after a really, really strong start um, and started to kind of just lack originality, um, just imagine having to be creative enough to come up with a successful concept for a manga to end up in one of these top tier publications. Now imagine having to do that weekly for years. So it's not uncommon for us to hear about manga artists uh, having to take breaks for their own health. Um, and so that's kind of the background of Shonen Jump. Um, if you want to learn more about which shows are Shonen Jump and which ones aren't, because Shonen anime does not equal Shonen Jump anime, uh, you'll have to kind of Google that online. But anyway, let's get into it. Bryce, please introduce us to the draft format. Yeah, for sure. Um, so essentially, Lee and I are going to alternate picking our like top five Shonen Jump. So Lee will go first, I'll go second, and we'll just alternate from there. Um, in terms of my sort of like draft strategy and how I kind of looked through the whole pool, I looked on Wikipedia, like all like the Shonen Jump comics from like the 1990s to like today in the 2010s. Now, I grew up actually reading the Shonen Jump comic probably from like second grade to probably sixth grade. So I've like, I've definitely read a lot of the stuff. So a lot of my picks are definitely going to be influenced by like things I read that I really enjoyed and what got me really into the anime genre. Um, so I have a couple like nostalgic picks I'm definitely kind of saving for the end that I don't think you'll take. And then the my other kind of like picks that I'm kind of leaning towards. For me, there can't be any aspect of like, this kind of strict and going to be tough to meet the criteria, but any aspect of the show that was just like really too long and boring and like drawn out and just felt like whether it was too much filler and just unnecessary. If I felt like it was a good, it was like a complete show in that sense. It wasn't like the ending really irritated me. Um, or there was just like, it just veered off course from like this amazing, exciting beginning, which I think a lot of show anime is too. Um, or if the power structure just went too out of control for my taste, I didn't pick it. Well, that's not true. Okay. Not for the nostalgic aspect ones, but um, anyways, that was kind of sort of my draft strategy. Um, but yeah, Lee, you have the first pick. So the court is yours. Absolutely. And for my strategy, quote unquote, um, you know, I generally stray away from the shonen anime scene since they all kind of start to become the same when you watch it too often. Um, but in my top five is based more on the impression each show has left on me when I was a kid. So, you know, nostalgia factors extremely heavily uh, into mine as well, um, more than any sort of objective measures. Um, and also shonen to me by its very nature is not very deep. So my rationale is that the shows with the coolest concepts, the best characters, and the most entertaining plot lines uh, will end up kind of being top. And so since this is a draft and not just a normal top, um, you know, top five list, I'm going to start off with what I consider to be my strongest Shonen Jump anime. Uh, and that's going to be Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. To me, oh. this is easily the show with the best like natural conclusion. Um, it, it definitely feels like it didn't overstay its welcome. Uh, you know, the filler problem you were talking about. I, I didn't feel like it had too much of that. It's got great characters. It's got fantastic action. Um, and honestly, I would say, you know, as much as my comment is that shonen anime tends to be shallow, um, tends to not be that deep. I found myself being very emotionally invested in the characters and the plot of this show. So that's why it's my first pick. Yeah, no, that's a great pick. Um, <laughs> that's a good pick. That was definitely on my list. Um, but again, I, I have I have things prepared, so I'm I am okay with that pick. Um, so my first pick is kind of a newer 
uh, Shonen that's really taken kind of like the world by storm, and it's probably going to be the most talked about anime at season two in 2021, and that is Promised Neverland. That is like a shonen horror anime. Um, so I need to warn that the only way to describe this show even a little bit is like a minor spoiling of the first episode, but I'll try to be as vague as possible. Um, the opening episode shows a farm in the beautiful countryside where a bunch of orphans are being raised by their loving, caring mother. Um, the kids have fun, they play tag, they make meals together, and they seem to live a pretty happy life. And the only red flag you really notice is the kids have some sort of numbers on them. And so for me, this kind of leads to the concern, okay, like, are they going to be killed? Is this some sort of like concentration camp Holocaust sort of show? I don't know. I was definitely, I wasn't sure what was going on, but pretty much that's what you're made to believe. But oh my God, you are like so wrong. The ending-ish of the episode involves a little girl being invited to leave the farm, be adopted, and end up with a family. Um, a little red flag is all these kids who've been adopted, they've never written back, they've never written letters, you've never heard from them. Um, so the little girl leaves her little stuffed animal bunny um, at the dinner table. So the two of the main characters go to the gate to kind of give the stuffed animal back to the girl. And when they get there, this girl is literally shriveled up like a prune with like the life sucked out of her. And this show, I think, is one of the best animations of like any of the anime I've ever seen. And it's just, like, terrifying to look at. And there are these monsters in the show that are just these most grotesque and, like, terrifying creatures I've ever seen. Like, my literally, like, my heart was, like, pounding, like, trying to, like, be in these, like, kids' shoes and figure out how to do this. And this story is just incredible. It's a real, like, shonen horror cat and mouse strategy between the kids and the mom and the monsters and trying to, trying to escape and not have the life sucked out of them. But again, I mean, it's definitely one of the most talked about shows. And I mean, season two is coming out in 2021, and I really just can't wait. Um, so that's my first pick. Uh, Lee, what's your number two? All right, coming in at number two, I got to go with Death Note. And honestly, when I was doing kind of research for this segment, I had forgotten that Death Note was a Shonen Jump anime. Um, I think that most people who are, are already in the anime community have probably seen it. Um, the battles between Light and L, you know, as opposed to other shonen anime, which is all about the physicality, it's all about the big bad battles of you know, you know, punches and power beams, whatever. You know, Death Note doesn't do that so much. Death Note is very much a cerebral battle between our main uh, anti-hero protagonist Light and the detective trying to stop him, L. And honestly, I think it was definitely one of the first anime I saw that really opened me up to what was possible in this medium. Um, and definitely was one of the first things to push me out of the shonen genre, whereas before I was very much invested in what we're kind of talking about now, these childhood animes, these shonen animes. Uh, this one, even though it is kind of meant for kids at the end of the day, uh, this one really opened my eyes to the fact that it doesn't have to always be about you know, the biggest power, the baddest abilities, like you can have these very much plot driven and, you know, just extremely interesting plots and small details that really drive the story and get you just as excited as any of these, you know, big battle scenes. So I got to go with Death Note. Check it out if you haven't already. It's one of the biggest gateway anime out there. 
So what's coming in at year number two, Bryce? Yeah, um, Death Note's great pick. Yeah, it was definitely a gateway anime for me. I mean, it was really popular actually in my middle school. Like every kid, even kids who didn't watch anime, like knew what Death Note was. So it's definitely more of like an Americanized anime, which like everyone kind of knows about like Death Note and like Dragon Ball Z um, and Naruto. But my number two pick, I went with again, kind of a more like, my first two were kind of more like recent anime picks. Um, so I'm going with Haikyuu, which has also been one of the most like popular anime of late. Um, so usually most people um, who watch sports don't tend to watch anime. I'm definitely an exception. But I think Haikyuu is definitely an exception to the genre, which has made why it's become the most popular sports anime ever. And for me, when I watch Haikyuu, it's the type of show where I have no concept of what time it is while I'm watching. I'm so just like drawn into like every play, every minute, every second of what is happening. And the thing that an issue with a lot of shonen anime and especially shonen sports anime is this like power battle where you just go up a level, go up a level, go up a level, and it just kind of gets ridiculous, right? And you have this like, they have a show called Aishal 21 where the running back becomes as fast as the speed of light and can turn into a ghost and phase through people. Um, in The Prince of Tennis, they have a tennis player who basically turns into a cyclone when he smashes the ball. Um, in Kuroko no Basket, they have a basketball player whose crossover is so good every player will just break their own ankles by looking into his eyes. LeBron can't do that. So none of these things are possible. Um, but Haikyuu doesn't do that. Um, the characters don't have these like cliche one-line catchphrases. They all have like personalities and interesting backstories. And you can actually just like relate to them as real people. Um, the opponents are just super well-developed and you really get to know them and their backstories. And it's just an, a really exciting like world. And you just... You're so excited to see why they're like an interesting contender for the volleyball championship. Um, the theme songs are my favorite of any of the shonen. I definitely recommend checking out the group. I believe it's pronounced uh, Burnout Syndromes. And they are just, the openings and endings for that show, I think are just by far the best of like any other anime. Um, so a little bit of bias there, but super recommend the show if you haven't checked it out. Um, I know there's some hesitation between, again, some people who like don't want to watch like sports anime, but just like it's so like relatable and something to connect to for any person in the world i like couldn't speak highly enough about it um lee what's your uh number three pick absolutely and number three is perfect because i think we're finally going to dip into the big three um my number three draft pick is got to be naruto uh it's a classic whenever you say shonen anime or shonen jump it's one of the first things that i think will come to mind uh you and i have definitely bonded over our you know f fan uh our fandom of naruto um, you know, and this kind of starts to touch on something you mentioned earlier, though, because Naruto, as much as we love it, and as much as I think it was a lot of uh, another gateway anime for a lot of people, uh, it's it's not a show without without some pretty big flaws. Um, ultimately, I think we agree the show overstayed its welcome. There are entire seasons that are nothing but filler. I actually watched Naruto using one of those online lists that tells you which episodes aren't canon, so you can just. I've skipped entire seasons of the show. So I'm able to kind of clean slate, view it purely based on the, you know, the base plot. Um, and honestly, I don't know anyone who didn't really fall in love with that. You and I always talk about comparing things to the Genin exams, or no, no, the Chunin exams um, in the original Naruto. And, th and this expands into, I don't know if mine is, I'm allowed to also include Shippuden in this three, but um, yeah, I, definitely prefer, I definitely <laughs> prefer the first Naruto to Shippuden. Um, 
But there's just so many iconic battles, so many amazing moments. Even whenever the show is at its worst, you're still going to get some of these fantastic lineups, these interesting setups for battles, powers clashing against each other. Um, And I think the only point where uh, I get burnt out on it is whenever it's like, I'm going to throw this atomic bomb at you. Oh, yeah. I'm going to throw two atomic bombs at you. And so, you know, the show does eventually scale up to the point of absurdity, but I can't. I can't forget it. It's got to be in my top three. So that's what I'm going for. Bryce, what's your number three pick? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm glad you chose Naruto. I was really debating back and forth between including it. But again, for me, in terms of like what I decide was my draft criteria, if there was just too much filler or just the power scale, I felt like got too ridiculous. And it definitely fell into the nostalgia category. So I was really on the fence. Um, but I'm glad you chose it. So I wasn't on the fence and having to potentially make that decision. Um so for my number three pick, then I kind of decided, all right, now let me try to go down some more of like the shonen and maybe like the Naruto knockoffs. So like two of the other big three that we talked about earlier are between like Black Clover and My Hero Academia. Um, so I've seen, obviously, I've seen both of these shows. So I really wanted to kind of like, you know, sit down for an hour and really think about like, all right, which one do I actually prefer? Like, which one do I like more? And my conclusion came down to uh, Black Clover. So again, I love just both of these shows. And like My Academia is super exciting because of like the powers. It's really popular also because of the high school environment. But I think Black Clover takes to another level because it just has a lot more depth in the characters and I care a lot more about them. Um, they have, there's a lot more layers in terms of there's different species in the world. There's different guilds. There's this whole socioeconomic disparity that kind of comes into play. Um, and I'm just really excited to like definitely see how these kind of like characters bond and like interact with each other more so than I am in My Hero Academia. And again, there is more filler in comparison to My Hero Academia because it comes out every week, unlike My Hero Academia, which comes out for a season every year or so. But I don't think it's this unbelievable, insurmountable amount of filler. Um, and also, like, I've honestly found the filler enjoyable because I like the characters. Because I like the characters' interactions, I don't mind it. And I love seeing them meet their families and learning about different aspects and different parts of the world. And I just genuinely, for me, the, the, the deciding factor was I just couldn't say the same about My Hero Academia after witnessing, I guess it wasn't a filler, but the low action high school musical festival they just had, uh, where I just truly didn't care about the characters, like didn't care about any of their interactions. I needed some sort of action. If that couldn't convince me, then I could tell I cared a lot more about Black Clover. So that was the deciding factor. Um, but to be fair, if you're someone who's going to dive into Black Clover, the first episode was definitely rough for me to watch. And I was like reading the comments and I was like, is this really a popular show? Like, why do people enjoy this? Because the main characters like uh, Asta was just basically screaming the whole time and the voice was just super irritating and uncomfortable. But I got to give a shout out to the director who literally like took the customer feedback and literally said, no, we're going to like stop this, stop the screaming, stop this nonsense. Let's like get his character more in check and learn from that. And the fact that they did that also really makes me enjoy the show, um, kind of like correcting some flaws and stuff. Um, anyways, the story is about an orphan named Asta who is uh, born into the world without magic, where uh, success is measured by the amount of magic you have and nobility status. Um, he eventually ends up with a grimoire, which is like their spell casting book. And he gets essentially a sword that can like help negate, that can negate magic. And obviously, like a typical shonen, it's a lot about Asta trying to become the the Wizard King, aka the Hokage. Again, very much like knockoff Naruto in that sense, um, and influence people along the way. Um, the way the society has been kind of built and is wrong, and you kind of also get to witness just some like 
amazing, beautiful animation and battles. So that's my uh, number three pick. Um, yeah, my number three pick. So Lee, you're up for uh, your fourth. Absolutely. And honestly, Black Clover's on my list of shows to watch once I'm ready to actually commit to another, you know, extremely long show. Uh, but anyway, coming in at number four, once again, nostalgia's weighing in really heavily on this pick, but I got to go with Dragon Ball Z. Yep. Um, you know, I, f- I have this difficulty with the anime that I grew up watching on Toonami. Um, you know, a lot of times I think to myself late at night, like, oh, wouldn't it be great to rewatch this? Um, and honestly, Dragon Ball Z is got it's a little too childish for me to enjoy um, at this point. But nothing got me more hype than Dragon Ball Z when I was a kid. I don't know any of my friends who didn't try and do the Kamehameha. Um, you know, that's that nerdy stuff. The reason people don't want to talk to you. Uh, I was all about that on the playground. Uh, <laughs> and I loved the Dragon Ball Z video games that were out there. You know, uh, Budokai Tenkaichi. It was one of the first, you know, real anime where there was so much, wa- there were so many ways available for you as a kid to enjoy it. Uh, at least when I was a kid, um, you could play the video games, you could watch the anime, there were movies out. It was one of the few animes that I could find in my local video rental store. Um, and I love it. Uh, ultimately, ends up pretty low on my list because it's just a little bit too childish it's a little too difficult to enjoy and it's another show that has ridiculous power scaling um again it's like oh you went super saiyan i'm gonna go super saiyan 2 and then everyone forgot about that because immediately someone goes super saiyan 3 and then there's blue hair super saiyan and red hair super saiyan and it, it is just kind of ridiculous but the nice thing is the show is still going on there are still new movies coming out so if you want to go back to it and watch something new instead of re-watching you know frieza or cell saga um you can um but it's not gonna end up any higher because at the end of the day uh, dragon ball z is Kind of goofy, kind of shallow, but that's why we love it. So, Bryce, what's coming in at your number four? Yeah, no, a great nostalgic pick. So uh, the next one I have in mind is definitely not as popular of a series, but it was actually, I would say, the first Shonen Jump comic that got me uh, super addicted to the genre that I eventually started watching, actual anime, when I learned that anime was a thing. Um, so again, definitely an obscure pick, and I've seen the show three times. Um, so... Definitely had to put it on my list. Um, and the problems of the show could definitely seem super lame to an outside observer. Um, but I just love watching it, and this is what I can tell you. So it's about a strategy board. It's called Icarno Go. Um, it's about a strategy board game called Go, which started 4,000 years ago. And the objective is to basically take over your opponent's territory. Now, I can't tell you that I understand all the strategies involved in the game. I probably can't beat a single person who's played two or three games of Go. Um, but I just love the characters. Uh, the protagonist, Hikaru Shindo, has the ultimate case of frosted tips, but he finds a go board in his grandpa's attic, and the board has a spirit, thousands-year-old spirit named Sai, and Sai essentially pressures Hikaru to start playing Go for his own selfish reasons. Um, but eventually you see Hikaru kind of just develop this love for the game and like a familial bond with Sai, and it becomes this journey that Hikaru and Sai go on from local school tournaments to becoming an amateur to battling to becoming a pro. And for me, what like drew me so much to this show was the pro exams arc. So basically you become attached to all these characters who are right, who are trying to make a living doing something that they love, playing Go. And a lot of the show is like very, again, they're playing a board game, but like the sound of the stone is so soothing and the intensity of the music of like each move they make. And the fact that, like, 
most of these people who you become attached with as characters, their dreams are going to be just absolutely crushed, which makes like, which is kind of sad, but it also just makes every match like super exciting and you're super trying to pay attention to what's going on. Um, and for me also, it just stood out was like, I'm not going to say what it was, but like the ending, the last five episodes definitely really hit me hard. And I've had to essentially watch the show three times to like get to this stage where I like accept the ending, think that it was the best decision for the show to go in. Um, it took me three times to figure that out, but now at least I'm at peace. So that's good. Um, and so that had to be my like number four pick. Um, so Lee, how about you? What's number five? Yeah, absolutely. And you had told me earlier where, you know, I think you were actually, you had access to Shonen Jump, the publication when you were a kid. So for me, you know, I, I kept hearing about it, but I had only, I really only had access to Toonami and uh, the different kind of cartoon network anime stuff. So I think it was really interesting that um, growing up, we were kind of exposed to uh, these different um, Shonen Jump shows. Uh, but anyway, for my top five, uh, or sorry, my number five draft pick, uh, you brought it up earlier. I love My Hero Academia. Um, you know, it, it might be my number five right now. I think it's got potential to climb. Um, again, all these shows have a tendency to draw out things a little too long. So since this is an ongoing show, I think it's the only show on my list that is still ongoing, um, at least seriously. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of directions it can take. I know both you and I think that the school festival arc in the season four overstayed its welcome. And like you said, these characters, you know, aside from Deku and All Might, a lot of these characters are not well developed. And so when you're watching the show and it's not action it is at its weakest and you know i 100 percent agree with that but when they're not <laughs> when they are fighting i absolutely adore the show the show does knows where its strengths are it continuously you know puts uh the characters into interesting situations it has a tournament arc we love our <laughs> tournament arcs here at the closeted weeb anime podcast and honestly as someone who is ultimately tired of the shonen genre who feels like they've kind of outgrown it i found mh uh my hero academia mha to be extremely charming and entertaining and it's got a good mixture of heart and action even if the characters aren't fully developed um, but that's why it's got to come in uh at my number five pick Bryce, you know, finish us off. What's coming in at your number five? Yeah, um, and My Hero Academia, that, that's a great pick. I mean, I think season five, it's going to go back up a level and I'm going to fall in love with it again, especially when they dove into kind of like Endeavor. I thought that was such an exciting kind of lead into season five. You know, the villains like are going to have to eventually go up another level. I'm, I'm so curious to see what direction that show goes in. Um, for number five, I had to go with my like most uh, nostalgic pick. Um, and what was like kind of like my favorite anime growing up. And again, I'm not going to claim this is like the greatest show ever made or anything, but it definitely has a place for me. I mean, I can also can't claim it's the most original concept ever made, but I absolutely love it. Um, and the show is called Prince of Tennis. Um, so essentially, like growing up, I literally started training. Well, maybe training is a strong word, but I started learning how to play <laughs> tennis uh, because of the show. I ended up becoming a reserve of my high school team. Like I literally got so into tennis because of this show. Um, and so considering an anime made me actually go out and do something productive with my life, like if I didn't have it in my top five, that would be super ridiculous. Um, but the premise is simple. Um, Ryoma Echizen is the son of this like mysterious Japanese tennis player who appeared in the U.S. for one tournament. Um, he was an incredible talent and people expected him to dominate the sport. 
Um, and then suddenly, again, his father uh, disappears. No one knows why. But in reality, it was to raise his son, uh, Rio Matchison, to become like the face of the game. Um, the openings are just absolutely fantastic. I literally listen to them every day, like uh, walking to tennis practice and stuff like that. Um, I knew every character by heart. I knew every opponent. I knew all of like the special tennis moves. Um, to my parents' dismay, I broke a window trying one of them. So that was not good. But again, this fight has to be my top five. Um, but the my favorite aspect actually of the show wouldn't actually even be the matches. It's actually the non-match episodes where you're you have like spoof episodes where they basically make chibi versions of using these characters' personalities, doing like Prince of Bowling or like Prince of Ping Pong. And they are so funny and like so creative. Because it's literally just making use of, like, the characters' personalities and quirks and just, like, interacting with each other. And it's so, like, fun. Um, and I also just love the side episodes of the characters just going on adventures and doing dumb kid things, which makes the show obviously super relatable. Especially in comparison to, like, having, like, a smash where you make, like, a cyclone or a hurricane, which is very unrelatable. But, like, more of like the side adventures and, like, doing kid dumb kid things is, like, fantastic. So you definitely connect with the cast in that sense. Um but again, I'm not going to claim every person would, would love this show. But for me, it definitely got me hooked on anime, for sure. Um, so that's my number five pick. Uh, that's, I guess, the close of the draft. Um, I think that went pretty well. Um, and so now I guess we'll transition to the our third part of the show, which is the rant of the week. Um, so my rant of the week is going to be on this show called Dorarara. So, I mean, I've, I've heard about its popularity. Um, obviously it's like on Netflix, it's on Crunchyroll. It might be on Funimation. I'm not totally sure. Um, so I just finished season one of it and I really can't tell if I like or hate this show. Um, and I think I'm definitely leaning more towards hate. And again, my opinion could change as I dive more into, I think there's, I believe there's three seasons. I have to double check. Um, but so the story takes place in a crime-ridden, extremely dangerous city called Ihibukuro. Um, two gangs exist, the Dollars and the Yellow Scarves. And for some reasons in this like super dangerous city, like these kids are living by themselves and they're 15. Like just why? Again, that, that was always just a random thing that bothered me. Um, but what I do like about this show is like the side characters. You have like a headless horseman, horsewoman uh, named Selty. Instead of a horse rides a bike, she has to talk. She can't talk, so she has to kind of show everything via typing in a phone. Um, Shizuo, who's like the classic like guy who's angry all the time. For some reason, he has super strength. There isn't really explained that well. It's not because he has powers or anything. It's literally just because he's angry all the time. Um, then you have like this evil uh, sociopath named Zaya who just likes to just orchestrate chaos. And I love all three of these characters, and that's probably the only thing I really like about the show um and if they were like 100 percent the main characters and the show only focused on them i would probably love Dorara. but the problem is the show actually has like 15 other side characters if you literally just just look up like the opening theme song on youtube and it just shows the names of 20 different characters it's literally like an snl opening and it's like just as long as it it's literally what it is um and at first I thought this was going to be super intriguing and I'm excited to see how the show dives into all these different characters. But in reality, right, it's like vague. They don't do a good job. Similar problem with My Hero Academia, in my opinion. Um, but a major problem, which I think is the biggest problem, is the main characters. So Mikado, Masomi, and Henri, aka Token Fan Service, which we will get into that part, are just awful. Like I could care less about all three of them. They have zero depth. And essentially, they are just stand-in observers 
surrounded by interesting things. And that's part of like the premise of the show for sure. But like it just leads to a feeling of just wasted screen time. So essentially just get really disappointed anytime these three characters are talking or are like involved in the scene. Um, and again, the plot is also just like, I mean, it's ridiculous, but it's also like, again, it's an anime, but like, um, I'm going to a little bit of a minor ish spoiler territory. So if you want to fast forward 15 seconds, you can, or close your ears, but essentially these 15 year old kids, Mikado, Masomi are for some reason, the founders of these massive gangs that adults and teens like bow down to and like look up to. And it makes zero sense. Like why anyone would listen to a whiny 15 year old gang leader like Masaomi that can only end well. And then Mikado doesn't even come from Ikibukuro, but decides it's a phenomenal idea to start a gang to make a difference, to make a good person gang. And obviously this can only end well, duh. Um, But you know what I did growing up? Like, I didn't start a gang. I watched anime, I played sports outside of friends and played video games. Not like, oh, I'm bored. I'm going to start the most like massive, like dangerous gang in the city of Japan. Um, and that's just like my random rant. Some of you might be fans of the show and for sure, like I get it. There's aspects again of what I like about it too. And, um, but realistically, it's just another show where I'll forget the ending, forget I watched it and just won't care in the long run. But I will try to see at least the goodness of the show and goodness of like the creators who spent time making it. I will try to see the rest of see. I will see season two and I believe season three. <laughs> I'm glad you touched on Dura Ra Ra. It's another show that I picked up because it's proximity to other shows I liked. Similarly, couldn't get through it. I don't even attempt to like you do. And uh, again, I, I don't understand why. There's a current show as well set in Ikebukuro, uh, which is an actual uh, you know part of Tokyo. Um, and they always act like it's crime-ridden. I don't know. I went there. It was just a bunch of shopping centers to me. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand why it has this reputation in anime as some like crime-ridden place. But yeah, I'm not a fan of it either. But Anyway, to get start my rant off, I'm going to be talking about fan service. And so for anyone who is unfamiliar with the term fan service, it just means giving the audience what they want. Uh, so like whenever the new Star Wars comes out and it's just a bunch of obnoxious references to the previous ones, that's fan service. But with anime, this usually means sexualized female characters. Um, Anytime you see boobs jiggle or the main protagonist stumble across an undressed female character, you've encountered fan service. But Lee, you may be asking, why would you want to rant about this? And you're right. In certain shows that are intentionally stylized, usually to comedic effect, such as like High School of the Dead, I don't mind it in the slightest. However, fan service is actually part of the reason that I am a closeted weave. I don't want to talk about it in most social situations. No matter how badly I want to recommend Code Geass, one of my favorite anime, I can't avoid the fact that every single female character has double Ds for no particular reason, even nunnally. And maybe that's not so bad, but let's not forget the inevitable swimsuit episode that so many shows include nothing is accomplished aside from titillating the fan base and you may still be thinking so what it's not that bad just a little embarrassing and you are mostly right let's get on the subject where i see it as an actual problem last week i discussed how excited i was for the new season of higarashi which is still true but in a show about brutal murders between school children, that actually manages to be the least concerning part of the show. Despite my love for the show, the creators do not shy away from putting the extremely young female characters into compromising situations or specifically choosing shots that should make you feel very uncomfortable. And for anyone who thinks I'm reading into it too much, 
The director of the new season, Kawaguchi-san, in a recent interview was lauding the animator's skill when it comes to drawing cute girls, and that some of the cuts were so good you could print them out and put them in your wallet. If you want some insight as to what I'm talking about, re-watch the first episode's picnic scene and tell me there's nothing you that would make you uncomfortable. Animation doesn't have accidental shots. It's not a camera. It's not like, oh, oops, I aimed the camera in the wrong spot. These are all storyboarded and planned out. And I'm not complaining about cute girls in anime. I've also watched the 10-hour cut of the Chica dance from Kaguya-sama Love is War. However, it's not a secret that there are fans of the disturbingly titled Lolly genre, named after Nabokov's Lolita, uh, that focus exclusively on drawings of very young girls. Um, well, actually, she's a 700-year-old vampire in a child's body, so it's okay. It's gross, it's disgusting, and it's an overly tolerated part of the anime fan base and community. Um, If I have offended you, you watch creepy shit. Anyway, without becoming overly moralistic, it's gross, it's disturbing, and it affects my ability to enjoy and share otherwise good anime. And with that, we are ending the weekly anime rant. You can find us on Twitter at weeb underscore podcast. And you can email us at closetweebap at gmail.com. Want to thank everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Lee, that was an awesome rant at the end. And we will see you all next week. Thanks.